and welcome to episode 54. 55. In this episode, we are going to be talking with Rob Robel, getting the lowdown on his history, how we got into Cigarbox Guitar Building, and uh, also uh, what happened with Lace. Now, we'll be very careful to uh, admit that this is obviously the story from Rob's perspective. Uh, we haven't got uh, any comment from uh, Lace Pickups as to what happened. Uh, but listen on, and uh, you can make your own opinion. It's Adam from Burble Guitars and the Cigarbox Guitar Builder, and I'm here with the, uh, well, let's say moderately famous Rob Robel. Okay. <laughs> not, 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 not infamous. What's that line from? Uh, what's that line from the Three Amigos? He's not, not just famous. He's infamous. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's it's wonderful actually to have you here, mate, because I think we tried late last year, and we've tried a few times to kind of connect. Yeah, and I was, in Mon- I was in Montana at that time, and the reception up there was really bad, because yeah. I was out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's uh, everything went well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it's. I was just trying to think, because you're in Destin, Florida, aren't you? Yes. And I think it's... There's a few other friends of the podcast, actually, I think, that are out that way. I think, uh, who else is in Florida? Um, Florida seems to be a really big cigar box guitar state in America. Yeah, down South Florida, it's pretty big. Yeah. Um, Steve Avery's is down in uh, South Florida. And yeah. there's a lot of festivals that go on in Central and South Florida. Not so much up here on the Panhandle, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think well, Mike Breedlove, he's down there. Yeah, he's in Central Florida. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, what's that? Uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, I've just gone blank. GM. Everyone knows. Yeah, GM. Everyone knows GM. Big GM. Um, I can't remember. God, isn't that terrible? It's it's Sunday morning here. Well, like I've only woken up about a half an hour ago. It's like ah. <laughs> well, uh, Bruce Gertner or Gutner is down there. Yep. Um, yeah. There's there's. I actually went to a show down there. Uh, some guys. You know, invited me to come, and they, well, they wanted me to come, and uh, and I just happened to the guy that invited me was best friends growing up with my neighbor. Oh no way! So yeah, so I said, all right, well, I'll come down if Jeff will come with me. And he ah. says, all right, you guys come on down. You got a place to stay. I mean, oh, they treated us really good. I mean, it was great. Steve Avery's was there. J.L. Fox was there playing. Uh, J.P. Soares played. Um, Chris, uh, Steve Avery's played. So I've got to get. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I've got to get a lot of these guys that get get the music. We've just started um, uh, a couple of weeks now, um, putting some music on the tail end of the show, and it's it's kind of proven to be fairly popular. So, you know, as you see, fads. <laughs> Fads kind of come and go, and and certain things, you know, be popular and then disappear. And you know, I mean, I, I think fanned frets, you know, on on standard electric guitars, you know, that for for right. a year and a half, everyone was screaming and jumping up and down about fanned frets. And don't get me wrong, I don't have anything against them. It's not, it's got nothing to do with that. It's just it, it constantly surprises me that you know that that so many things will come into favour in music and then disappear again. Whereas this. This movement, um, I, I think it's because it's. Uh, I think it's because the movement, actually, the the momentum has been pulled pushed forward by 
the people who are actually in it. It's not run by the, the whole movement's not run by companies. It's actually yeah, and I you know it just it amazes me that um, you know that that something that that ha- that started up again. You know, if you want to say in the late nineties, because look, there's so many different stories about how the cigar box guitar movement started. The end, it's you know, it was Shane Spiel, it was, uh, you know, it was it was this one, it was that one. I mean, we all know Shane, you know, he's and he's just he's right. just an amazing, you know, he's an amazing character, and you know, as king of the uh, cigar box guitar, I love that moniker, and um, you know, and I take nothing away from the guy, the guy. Without Shane, I think it wouldn't have reached this popularity. This certainly wouldn't have. It would have stayed very, very much underground. But he was, I think, wise enough and clever enough to, you know, to utilise the internet at the time, you know, even for what kind of internet we had in 97 or 98, and, you know, get things going. And then, you know, there's other... And then, but it it builds, doesn't it? There's other people out there as well who who have been doing it for a long time. I think, um, uh, what's his name, um... Uh, Lobo, John Lobo. You know he's been doing them for for you know for donkeys as well. I know that he's, he was doing them in the eighties, I think. So, you know, it's all yeah, versions so of. Guys been around for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. It still amazes me. You know, I spend a lot of time taking one of my guitars and just going to gigs and introducing guitar players to cigar box guitars. You'd be amazed how many of them still have never even seen one. That's. <laughs> Yeah, with the shop, I've got people. You know, I've got. They, they get hooked up. You yeah, know, it's like. Well, I get people in the shop. Uh, you know, I get people in the shop. They walk into the store, and people from America. You know, and I'm I'm always. You know, I, I know America's got three. You know, three hundred and fifty million people. So fair go. I'm going to give some people the you know the benefit of the doubt. But it's it's always surprises me when I get an American in, and they and they look at the wall and they say, "What's that?" I go, don't you know what that is? I said, no, it's a cigar box guitar. And they go, really? What's all that about? And then I tell them that, you know, I, I give, them, give them an abridged story of, you know, the, the beginnings of the cigar box guitar. And they sit there and go, wow, that's like, it's like your national instrument. <laughs> like, seriously, you know, like, it, if you think about it, like, it's, you know, going back to the 1860s. And, you know, I, I, just, I just love that book by, um, by Bill Yaley. And, you know, I interviewed him once before for the, for the podcast, but it just... It, it floors me that more people in the states don't actually hold this thing up as as like a national instrument because it's it's never it's ne- never disappeared, you know. But yeah. let, but let's get it's to you. Been around. <laughs> That's it. But look, mate, I could just I could just sit here chatting with you all day, man. But let, let's let's get let's get to you. Let's get to you. Let's have a chat about you and and what what I would love and I think a lot of people would love to know is that the how you actually discovered cigar box guitars and. How you started building them? What's the story? Oh, geez. You want me to go back to the beginning? That would be lovely. It, it was a warm summer's evening <laughs> in ancient Greece. <laughs> You're not that old, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, guitar started for me back in the, uh, the late 70s. I was stationed at an isolated base up in Can- uh, Alaska called Fort Greeley, and there was nothing to do. And uh, I just told myself I was going to learn guitar, so I just went and locked myself in one of those little soundproof rooms and beat the shit out of the guitar to Don, uh, John Denver music and learned how to play. And then, you know, then life happens. You get married. You have kids. I always had guitars. They, you know, they're always there. I always picked them up played them. And uh, I also, my second love was uh, racing motocross, which I did since the age of eight. And um, 
I had a bad wreck and broke my neck and I couldn't play guitars anymore. Well, fast forward about 10 years after looking at my guitar sitting in my living room, I was out at work one day and this guy walked in with a three-string cigar box guitar. I said, what the hell is that? He said, oh, my nephew made it. I said, your nephew made it? He said, yeah, he saw some video on the internet. He made this. And I said, well, what is it? He said, it's three-string, it's two-note G, it's a 25-inch scale. I mean, it wasn't an intonated, you know, fingering instrument. You know, it was pretty crude. But I sat there, I was messing with it, and I realized I could play just with one finger. I didn't have to make triads. I didn't have to make chords. So I thought that was kind of neat. So I went home, found some video on YouTube or something, I think, and I made three guitars that weekend. And it just started from there, and I just... The more of my made, the better they got, the better they sounded. I learned, I, I wasn't a woodworker. I was a sheet metal man by trade. So I had to learn to work with woods. I had to learn how to build an instrument. I had to learn fretting. I, I mean, everything. I, I, wiring, the whole nine yards, I learned all on my own. And then about two years ago, I was sitting there. Actually, I couldn't believe people wanted to buy them because I had neighbors coming by. Hey, man, I want to buy one of your guitars to give to somebody for Christmas. And I was like, really? So I decided one time I was sitting there having dinner with my wife and we were sharing a bottle of wine. And I was like, you know what, honey, I'm going to do this. But if I do this, I'm going to build cigar box guitars for guitar players. I want guitar players to pick up a cigar box guitar and it plays like a guitar, but it's got its own unique thing. And I'm going to do them all out of reclaimed woods. I'm going to do my own thing, and they're going to be badass. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my mission. I mean, that was my mission statement right there. You know, that's just every guitar I build is a little bit better than the last. I, and I don't build two ever exactly the same, ever. I mean, there's never two alike. No, I'd agree with that, but I think you've you've um, well. First, first of the question is, what's the name of name of the cigar box guitar? When you put a label on, if you're going to talk about what 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 have you called them? They're just Rob cigar box guitars. Not easy as that. Not badass cigar box guitars. Rob cigar box no, guitars. <laughs> Rob cigar box guitars. You know, I I was trying to think of all these names. You know, when I when I decided I was going to do it, you know, and make a business out of it. You know, I was thinking like white sand guitars. I had all these crazy names, and my wife was like, "Why? The Rob Cigar Box guitars? Just call it Rob Cigar Box guitars." That's it. <laughs> I was like, "Okay." <laughs> well, you know, it kind of suits it suits the instrument, though, doesn't it? Really, you know, if you think about it, it's oh, it's it's, it's simple. It's it just rolls off the tongue. It's, yeah, and yeah. every one of them's got a week of my my life in it, you know. So mm. it's, they're all part of me, you know. It's it's like a child when I'm done with it. So that was about that was about two years ago. How do you feel? How do you feel you've progressed as a builder in those two years? Oh, uh, tenfold. Yeah, I've I've learned so much, and 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 the cars I build now. Um, Actually, I kind of consider myself a, a boutique builder. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm the things I do and the way I build, when it's done, of course, I've got, you know, Jason, that friend of mine, that kid that tests my guitars, and 
I get so much feedback now because I know several guitar players here in town, and they come by and they'll play my guitars. And I go to the guitar shop. I talk to Doc in there, the guy that works on guitars, the luthier, and I pick his brain on some stuff. And it's it's always an evolution. Nothing. I'm, I'm never satisfied with the one I just finished, you know, because there's something else I want to do or try. Or, yeah. But bottom line is. It does not leave my shop unless I know it'll never come back. <laughs> it will always stay because I give a lifetime warranty on my workmanship. Yeah, well, I think I think if you're going to be in business nowadays, that's that's definitely something that you have to do. I think any real builder worth their salt, and you know, it's if you're going to build build something and put it out into the marketplace, especially if it's a craft instrument, you know, you can't you can't fall back on those you know those laurels of oh. Look, it's it's just a bit of craft, you know. If it breaks, it, it's not. It was only meant to go on your wall, you know. No, that's no, I totally yeah, yeah. totally agree with you on that. It's and I, unfortunately, yeah. I find, um, yeah, that's a bit of a bugbear of mine. Where I, you know, I, I find, you know, when you go onto, you know, when you sell on eBay or when you sell on, you know, you find under the, um, uh, you know, under the under the returns policy, they say no refunds. Well, how do you know if someone's going to buy a, buy a, a, an instrument from you, a sight unseen almost, or you know they haven't touched it? How do you know if they're going to like it? You know, it's it's, yeah. me, and, and to me that's a throwaway. I think you know anyone who's doing that, you're in it for the wrong, you're in it for the wrong reason, you know. And and I certainly as a customer, if I see no refunds when I find when I look at something like that, there's no way I would touch it with a barge pole because you don't know, you just don't know. Exactly. It might be well yeah. made, but it may not suit you. It may not suit your style. You know, it's. I've, uh, had, I've had two guitars come back. Yep. Um, a guy bought a four string guitar and he had it for about a week and he called me on the phone and he's like, you know, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, I, I should have got a three string. I said, well, go to the store and pick out a three string and put that back in the box. You pay the shipping back and I'll just ship you the one. That's it. You know? And he's like, oh, really? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't want you out there with a guitar you're not happy with. You know, if you're not happy with it, you're not going to play it. No, that's it. If you're not going to play it, you're not going to tell your friends about it. That's it. You know, I've, so, I, I, I myself, you know, I've done, I think I've, I've just crossed, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to keep a track of how many I've actually built. I've built a bloody hell of a lot of guitars. But in that time, I've only ever had two come back. Just as yourself, both of them were sold on eBay, and one of them, a guy, and I, I remember this guitar when I saw the refund sign come up, you know, the the message from eBay come up. I sat there going, "What the, what?" Like, because this is a guitar. Like when I sent it out, it was just like, oh my! I'd found the rarest of timbers that I could find, and it was a real one of those guitars that came that that when you built it, you sat there and just went, "Wow," you know. That's so cool. Yeah. You know, I really, you know, yeah. should I sell this or should I keep this for myself, you know? And, um, and you know, we sent it out and I got the message back to and I found, and I thought, look, I'll find out why. And I messaged him and said, look, what's the problem? Is there anything I can help you with? He said, oh, he said, when I plug it into my JCM 800, all it does is squeal. And I said, sent back, that's because you bought a cigar box guitar with a PZO pickup and you're trying to play Metallica on it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that, that one, yeah, that would do it. Yeah, and it was like you know, it's it's the wrong you know, and it's just you know, it's, it's and I don't mean if I say poor education, I don't mean that in a horrible way. But if 
people don't know what they're buying, you know, at the end of the day. And then I looked at it and I thought, okay, well, I think part of the blame as well goes on me because I didn't actually write down, and I now put down on PCO powered guitars, do not try and play heavy metal on this. So if I build a set, you know, it, the whole idea with the PCO, it's it's like it's not designed for, you know, for, for, for hardcore heavy metal. It's it's a blues instrument, you know, it's blues and acoustic. It's like plugging yeah. in, you know, it's like plugging in a, you know, a $5,000 Martin into a JCM 800, turning it all the way up and wondering why it's squealing. Is it because the guitar's no good of course it's not the guitar's amazing but it's the wrong job so and the other one that came back i remember the other one came back was a a fella bought it from me and uh and and uh unfortunately even though i had the action down really low he had terrible terrible arthritis and he just he simply couldn't play it and i said mate i said it's you know at the end of the day you can't it wasn't my fault it wasn't his fault you know, I said, just send it back to me. I said, you know, we, we organised the refund for him. I put it up into the shop and it sold like three days later. So, you know, and it was just, he just simply couldn't play. And, I, and I've, you know, said to him, I've been in contact with him once or twice since and, you know, saying, look, you know, you might just be better with a slide guitar because you don't have to apply any pressure with a slide guitar. You're not going to hurt your hands. I know, I've got, I've got um, arthritis yeah. in my left index finger, so... It's the beginnings of arthritis, but it hurts enough, if I, especially in winter, if I've been playing long enough. Like, my fingers can actually hurt. That's why I play a lot of slides. So that's just the way right. it is. Anyway, enough of my yapping. Um, talk us through. Another thing I do too, Adam, is I, I, always, I always tell all my customers I close a letter with the guitar, and I always tell them to save the box. Because uh, if something happens, you can put it back in the box and send it back to me, and I'll fix it. That's it. And I've had... Two people now, well, Travis Bowen, he just slapped more of the frets off of that damn guitar, so I had to rebuild his, refret it, and do all that. And yeah. then uh, Uncle Mark recently sent me his guitar to on it, you know, and if I if somebody calls me and says I need my guitar work done, it's like Uncle Mark. Yeah, absolutely. It, and I had it back in the box the next day, and it was back in his hands in less than a week. That's it. Yeah. You know? Customers that I'm doing repairs for, they go to the front of the line no matter what I'm working on. Yeah. So you got to take care of these people, man. Oh, well, you know that's the, they're your bread and but they're your bread and butter. And like for me, um, you know, it's t- I totally agree because this is your full time gig, isn't it? Yeah, this is all I do. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's the same here. You know, whether I'm. Whether I'm building, you know, electric guitars, or whether I'm building, you know, cigar box guitars, or whether I'm building effects pedals, it, they all fall under the same thing of lifetime guarantee. Simple as that. Yep. It's nice to see, it, nice to hear someone else feeling the same way. You know, we need to talk about it, Rob. <laughs> you know, we need to talk about it. Uh, well, you bring it up. <laughs> all right. Actually, there's a couple of things I wanted to bend your ear on first. Now, I know that uh, people who are listening to this podcast, you know, because obviously I'm, I'm, you know, uh, advertising the crap out of it. So, (laughs) Um, obviously people want to hear about one thing, but there's a couple of other things I wanted to ask you first and get get your feelings on to start with. Um, There's been a few messages back and forwards on the, um, you know, on the interwebs. Facebook, especially Facebook, of um, and a couple of groups, and funnily enough, both of the these conversation um, threads, I think they call them, started from the topic we're about to talk about. But it was very interesting. 
Um, someone was commenting and jumping up and down about, um, let's say, expensive cigar box guitars, and uh, I got into a little bit of a, I got into a little bit of a, uh, not an argument, but a back and forwards with a guy that was basically saying, you know, you should be selling cigar box guitars for a hundred dollars. You know, seventy dollars to a hundred dollars. I can put them together for seventy dollars to a hundred dollars. He was saying, and uh, you know, and and give them to give them to people and stuff like that. You know, why are you why are you selling your cigar box guitars? You know, for you know for for four hundred and fifty dollars Australian. You know, and you know, I'm getting back and forwards, and I wouldn't have minded except in the thread he started saying he was basically saying I was cheating people. You know, and I said, all right, well, you know, you, I'll get my back up. If you start calling me that, I'll, I'll start getting my back up. You know, and I, I was very polite with him. And, you know, a couple of people actually commented and said, oh, look, you were really polite with that guy. And I thought, all right, yeah, I probably was. But I just, I ended up thinking, look, the guy's either a troll or he's off his chops. You know, I thought, I'll just walk away from this. And then a couple of other people kept it going. It was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether you read the, read, read the thread, but it was it was rather funny. Um if I ask you this question, I ask you with the, the, the greatest deal of respect. Now, let's be honest. Like, your, your cigar box guitars aren't the cheapest cigar box guitars out there, right? No. No, I mean, I put a lot of time in one of well, these that's guitars. It. Well, I was just about to ask you, why are they actually worth so much? And I'll use that word worth. Why are they worth so much? Why are my guitars worth so much? Yeah, and I mean the word worth as in, you know what I mean, like that it's something special. Yeah, I mean they're they're all they're very special guitars. They're they're guitars. They're an instrument. I mean it's it is an instrument, and I use all reclaimed woods. Uh, I spend a lot of time looking for these woods. Uh, they're aged. I cut the wood. I don't even touch it for about three months. I let the wood age. Um, all my cigar boxes. I use all wood cigar boxes, so I get really nice tones. I use all the best stuff I can get, best pickups, the best bridges, the best electronics. So why shouldn't I charge what I charge for a week in my life? That's well said. That's very well said. I, I think that the thing is, though, that you approach building these just the same as anyone who builds a boutique electric guitar or a boutique acoustic guitar, you know, and, and, this, is, and this is the thing that... Some people out there, you know, don't get, you know, they, they don't get it. They, you know, I think there's this, um, there's this uh, feeling from certain members of our, you know, if I say our community, who believe that the cigar box guitar should only be, you know, a rustic instrument, uh, a folk instrument, um, you know, a something that should stay, you know, basically in the garage and hidden or, you know, it's, I don't know if I'm expressing, well, I don't know if I'm expressing myself very well yeah, when I say yeah. this. That's why, you know, that, that's why there's so many different makes and models of cars because everybody has their own taste. Mm. Yeah. That's, makes cars, I've, I've, I've learned, you know, and I, I really got to be on my game when I sell one of my guitars because the people that are buying my guitars are musicians. I mean, they're musicians, musicians, you know, they're like Mark Piper, you know, Uncle Mark, you know, you don't want to 
put a piece of crap in Uncle Mark's hands. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I got to make sure that my guitars are spot on when they Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you for that. Because it's... Where are we here? Just making sure everything's still working nicely for us. It is. Lovely. <laughs> I get paranoid about the... Uh, about the recording process. That's <laughs> it. Are you still working? Yes, you're still working. That's good. All right. So, question. What the heck happened? Now, for those people who don't know, you've been living in a hole for the last couple of weeks. Um, Rob has been using um, Rob's been using a, a brand of pickup for quite a while. Um, and that was the the lace uh, cigar box pickup. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I started using lace um, a couple of years ago. Guy Griner uh, out of uh, Alabama. He's the one that actually talked Don Lace into developing a pickup for cigar box guitars. Yeah. And somehow he turned Don on to me. Um, actually I built Jonathan a guitar Yeah. and, uh, next thing I knew I had a phone call from Don and, and he was you know excited. He seen, he went and checked out my page and looked at my pictures and stuff. And he wanted me to, you know, build some guitar you know, using his pickups. So he actually sent me some pickups. Yeah. And at first I didn't like them, you know, I, and I commented, I told him some things I didn't like and they added and they did a few things to him and. Then I got some more of them, and I liked them a little better. But I did, I really did like the sound of them. Yeah. And uh, they were great pickups to use. I mean, don't get me wrong. And I didn't just use their matchbook. I mean, I, I started using other of their pickups. I was using their Lutone uh, Bar P90s. Yeah. Uh, I was using their Lace Mini Nitro Sensor Humbuckers. Um, I remember those too. A few of their single coils. And I'm talking about those are top of the line boutique pickups, and I was putting them in cigar box mm. guitars. And, but, uh, see, this man, is it sounded beautiful, man. I mean, just holy cow. Yeah. But anyway, you know, I got. Hold on a second, mate. All right, sorry, people. We seem to have. Lost Rob for just a second, and we'll get him back. Let's put that down. See if we can get Rob back again. Are you there? No, I just lost you, mate. Are you still with us? Are you still with us? Yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. This is what we call warts and all people. So this is all un. This is all unedited. I was going to say uncensored. It's all unedited. I wonder if lace are, are bugging us. <laughs> well, okay. Getting back to the lace thing. Yeah. Uh, no, I, and I worked my butt off for lace. I went to the shows. I wore their like, t-shirts. I promoted lace pickups. I went to Nam. Um, you know, I did all kinds of stuff. For him. And I know I, you know, I got Ben Gay involved with him, and um, it took me a year to get those two hooked up to where Ben would sell matchbooks, and he finally did. And uh, Shane even did a 
a video with one of their pickups and the worst cigar box guitar ever, one of them cardboard <laughs> bookstore guitars. Yeah. The lace MacBook in that. But, uh, no, I mean, I just thought it was wrong because I saw one of those uh, CBDs in Nashville at the band show, and, and uh, Steve Avery's was there, and I was like, what the hell is this? He said, well, they're, they're thinking about, you know, selling cigar bars, and I was like, they don't need to do that. I mean, they their mission statement is to build badass pickups. Yeah. <laughs> That's that should be their mission statement. Build badass pickups. I know, you know, whenever you're doing something like I build guitars, you know, but if I started building, you know, cars on the side, the guitars would suffer. Yeah. So I mean, but I never, I never really thought it would happen. Yeah. I just didn't really think it would happen. And um, then fast forward to you know this year at the Nam show. And I saw these posts coming out of there, and Steve was Steve had called me and told me some stuff. I had a feeling something was going on. Yeah. They, uh, it was harder for me to get pickups out of them. They seemed like they didn't really want to bother with me anymore. And, and uh, but and then I saw on Stumac, all of the latest pickups were on blowout clearance prices. And I was like, really? Wow. And then I checked Ben Giddy's page, and they weren't even listed on Ben Giddy's page anymore. Yeah. And I, like, but that's what they did. That's their new business model now. They're doing. They did away with all the distributors, I guess. Wow. And no more sponsored artists. They, I mean, uh, I haven't. I've yet to check. Steve told me that they took all the sponsored artists off of the latest Facebook page, but uh, I haven't checked that for myself, so I can't verify that. But. It almost seems like like it almost seems like suicide, you know, like business to do that to to the people who were supporting well, them. It is in the cigar black guitar community because you know it's not that big of a community to start with. You know, I mean, it really is not that big. I mean, it's big, but it's it's pretty tight knit. Everybody pretty much knows what's going on. Yeah. So. No, I, I mean, I I thought it was wrong. You know, I I didn't get any warning about it. Nobody told me what was coming down the pike. And, yeah. And I just kind of felt like you know they they kind of just used me. You know, it was just somebody that they could piggyback off of and get their name out there in the cigar box guitar world, and and we'll do this. You know. Yeah. Well, I commented Meet on them anymore. We'll just do this. Mm. Well, I comment on commented on last week's episode and, and, and keeping in mind that I knew about as much as anybody else out there, you know, so I was just speculating in the thought from my thought. And I'm actually quite surprised that you were, you were instrumental in actually ch- like vo- getting the voice of that pickup. I mean, the fact that you were just saying just before that you were talking back and forwards with them about improving the tone and, and they obviously listened and, you know, and they, you know, they acted on and improved the pickup based on what you were saying. You know, from my point of view, when I look at the guitars that they've they've put out on the uh, on on that uh, on their website, um, and the guitars that as, that I was watching at Nam, there was something that that stood out to me as, uh, and it really, 
for people who don't know guitars, they're not going to care. But for people who do know how to build a guitar, there was one flaw that I picked up in the design of those instruments, um, which tells me that their quality control on the instrument, it's, it's a throwaway instrument for them. They're jumping on a fad, in my opinion. They're jumping Are on a fad. Are you talking about the backwards tuners? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I've been jumping up and down. I'm surprised that more people... I'm, I don't know why I'm the only vocal person out there who's pointed this out. Because if you any anyone knows, anyone who's been building cigar box guitars for six months, now it's, and as I've said before, it's completely forgivable for someone who's just starting out building cigar box guitars or even a guitar to put the tuners in backwards and not know why that's the wrong thing to do. Because it doesn't affect the instrument straight away. It's going right. to affect the instrument in about two or three years if you've been playing it a lot. Because it's going to wear and it's going to, you know, the, the cog or whatever it is, is going to pull away from that pin and you're going to end up with a massive tuning instabilities. And, and, and for, for, for lace to allow, and, it's, and I thought it might have been just a one-off thing, but then I'm looking at that guitar that was at NAMM and the two guys are playing it. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, those pickups are backwards. No, not the pickups, the, 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 the machine heads are in backwards. It's their production yeah. run, and they've allowed those machine heads to go in to be put in backwards. So I'm thinking, right? Well, where's the quality control? There's no one they're actually cheap. looking at it. They're, they're the cheap uh, open gear tuners. They're, yeah, they're not even really good tuners. I mean, well, they're charging they're charging three hundred. They say they're on. They say they're five hundred and fifty dollars, and they've crossed it out and put three fifty. Well, that's a false. That's false for a start because they've probably never been sold for five hundred and fifty dollars because they're only new. So why should they be marked up at that much? And even then, at three hundred and fifty dollars, if I was to buy that Australian dollars, that's about four hundred and seventy-five dollars Australian. And then you add in shipping on top of that. So that's you know what, mate. I'd rather buy one of your guitars, pal. <laughs> you know. You know, it's so weird. You know, I cannot believe how many guitars I have shipped to Australia. Yeah. I mean, it blows my mind. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I, mean, I love it. But, you know, I know, I know, you know, there's people down there that build them like you. And I know other, I have other friends down there that build cigar box guitars. I'm like, why do people keep buying them from the, the States and paying the exchange? <laughs> you know? Well, they love them, and I, I've got a couple of my customers who've actually bought some of your bought your guitars, and they rave about them. They really, really do, and it's it's just it's just lovely, you know. And I just sit there, and these are guys who you know who are really serious, like they're serious, you know, musicians. They may not be recording artists, but they're but they're out every weekend at the festivals, and and you know they might be at fates or they might be at markets, and they're they're busking and they're you know they're playing. They're not always up on a big stage, you know. But right. they, these are guys who, uh, you know, and two of my very very close customers, you know, have the guitars, and and I'll tell you straight up that if those guys talk to me because they're serious serious musicians, you know, they love their music, you know. So for them to turn around and say, I really love that guitar, and they said to me, it was worth every cent, you know. And these are guys, one of the guys is actually on a pension, you know, and he saved up. He really saved up for that guitar, and he absolutely loves wow. it. So, you know, so you, you should feel very, you know, very proud of that. From my point of view, with the with just with the lace thing, before we go, it, it amazed me that 
I think they, I think in a way from what I've seen, I think they dropped the ball and I think they could have done something really, really, really special. Instead of just mass producing them out of China with, you know, with obviously, in my opinion, very poor quality control. I was wondering, why wouldn't they talk to you? Why wouldn't they come to you and say, look, Rob, we're going to run, we're actually going to make a range of cigar box guitars. We really feel that that's, that's what we want to do at the moment. How would you feel about coming on board as a consultant, a part-time consultant, you know, and, you know, making sure that you're taken care of, making sure you're looked after? Because, I mean, you were... There's no reason... I don't think, actually, had it been for you, I don't think they would have put this range of cigar box guitars out because I don't think they would have actually understood. And I still don't think they understand, actually. So I think that was a... um, I think that was something... That was a loss on their part, that's for sure. I mean... Yeah, I think they. I think they really. Yeah, they could have done some something else. They could have done something a lot better. Well, I reckon. You know, I reckon they could have worked between. Wouldn't it have been wonderful to have actually worked between you and I, this is just me thinking off the top of my head. You know, I've been thinking the last couple of days. But wouldn't it have been amazing if they'd gone to you? you know, and said, look, this is what we want to do. And then maybe they'd gone to, you know, because they dealt with CB Giddy before, maybe gone to Ben and said, Ben, how do you feel about setting up, like, could we set up some sort of workshop where, you know, we get, we actually get people and maybe hire some American people, people who are out of work, you know, train them up, get things going, you know, even if if they're in Florida. Are they in Florida? Uh, No, CB Giddy's up in... uh, No, no, I was talking about Lace. Is Lace in Florida? Oh, no, they're in uh, Long Beach, California. Oh, wow, other side of the country. But I just think, you know, I think this could have been... If they understood this, the Cigar Box guitar community, I think this could have been something that really... Could have been something very, very, very special and actually would have made them... Uh, I think uh, actually probably would have made them even more money than a quick throwaway item. Because I tell you what, in my opinion, these guitars, they'll end up going the way of those little $30 bookshop store, you know, bookshop guitars. That's what people are going to feel about them. Someone put a, um, someone put a comment in one of the threads uh, a, a week or so ago, and I remember this, and I'll quote it, uh, not verbatim, but he said... In a couple of years, I'll be able to find one of those guitars at a thrift shop, and there I'll be able to get a lace pickup for ten dollars. Yep, <laughs> that's, that's what. You know, that's exactly what I told uh, Steve at NAM in Nashville. I, you know, I picked it up and I was looking at it. And I played a little bit, and I I told him I said the only thing worth a shit on this thing is the damn pickup. Yeah. I mean, nothing else is exciting about it. Nothing else, you know, was unique or, you know, styled or, you know, there was, it was just a plain Jane cardboard box. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, mate, I don't think you've got anything to worry about. I mean, what's, what's your move go? Just the last question, I suppose, going ahead, moving, moving forward. What are you thinking of with, um, with the pickups? Where are you thinking of going with this? Um, Actually, I'm, I'm working with uh, William Wiggins, from, uh, uh, Bill Wiggins from William Wiggins Brand. Yeah. And uh, he's uh, right now he's developing a, a I know it's going to be beautiful humbucker, a twin humbucker, six humbucker. Um, he's already got the uh, single pole, the uh, three pole and four pole uh, P90 single coils. Yeah. And. And you can uh, go there and you can pick out the woods that you want the pickup made out of, and you can also pick out the engravings and stuff you want. 
And uh, his wife, Renee, makes beautiful handmade glass knobs. Oh, wow. Match your guitar. You know, if you're doing a paint scheme or something yeah. like that, you tell her the colors you want. She'll make some glass knobs that'll match your builder. Yeah. yeah well, she's done some for me, and I'm, they're really nice. I like them. Well, but, William William, is it? Yeah, it's, it's William Wiggins' brand. William Wiggins. Yep. Double G-I-N-S. Sweet. All right. Well, what we'll do is we'll we'll put some links to to them as well, and we're going to put some links. Uh, we'll put some links in the show, of course, to yourself. Do you do you you've got the website, don't you? I just yeah. I have. Uh, well, I got my Facebook page. Yeah. And uh, my uh, website is on Reverb. Uh, I got a store on Reverb.com. Yeah. And then I got an Instagram, and I, I mean, I've got all that. Everything is under Rob Cigar Box Guitars. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, we'll leave you to it. Thank you so much, mate. It's uh, it was, in my opinion, it was definitely uh, definitely worth the wait, mate, to try to to get a hold of you. Um, by all means, if you've got, uh, it, you, you're obviously connected to a lot of musos over there who play cigar box guitars. So, uh, if if at all, you know, g- get them to send a message my way with their music because we'd love to play it on the end of the shows. And um, okay. you know, again, all my best to you and yours. And uh, thank you. Oh, I always ask, what's what 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 what's your top tip for builders? My top tip. Yeah. Uh, I think the single most thing I can actually say is uh, take your time and be patient. Don't ever rush a build. Let it let it come. That's it. That's about the best thing I can say, man. All right, and the lucky last. What's your secret weapon in your workshop? Could be anything. My secret weapon. Yeah. Been in my workshop. Yep. Oh wow. Uh, what couldn't you do without? Let's see. What is this? Oh, oh, oh damn! My little screwdriver. I can't live without this little thing. <laughs> I use it all the time. <laughs> At my front files. Yep. That's that's another secret weapon. Yeah. I gotta have those, man. I can't live without them. <laughs> all right, mate. Well, we'll let you go. Thank you so much for all your time. You're most welcome, mate. All the best. Well, as is our thing at the moment, uh, to end the show, we have a piece of music for you. Uh, This piece of music comes from a very well-known fella named Mike Snowden, and it's a song called Scratch.
comes for you.